Okay, so we're recording, and I'm going to play my theme song. Yeah, I sure am. I sure am. But first... My pussy matters! <laughs> you make no sense. Oh, wrong theme song. No sense. need to get one on one side and the other crash on the other. It's hard to do. Left crash. Right crash. <laughs> Where did you find that clip? <laughs> I don't... I think somebody sent it to me. So fucking funny. That was it's like so the best good. thing... The best content I've had all year. Have a great time, ma'am. In fact, it might be the only <laughs> content I've had all year. It's just... <laughs> So anyway, this is Yeast Radio. I'm Madge Weinstein, your lesbian, in year number 500,086 of Yeast Radio. And uh, with me, I have an old friend from the potosphere, also from 100 years ago, is Reagan Fox. Welcome back, Reagan. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Oh, damn it. That's the worst when, like, I have a great clip lined up and I... And then I played at the wrong fucking volume. I bet you it's Oh, they're big. They're big and juicy because I'm pregnant. I'm having a full-term abortion on your show. Very good. I'm very happy. Thank you. So Thank you. all this abortion stuff has come up. And um, <laughs> don't ask me why, but I'm absolutely compelled to play this clip now. I don't know why. My name is Dakota Williams, and my baby's name is Sincere Person. Oops. Oops. That's a it's a great name. Sincere person. Because I'm a sincere person too. So did you move? Did I move? Yeah. Oh no. I uh oh gosh. You know I put in for a condo yeah. and I was told that I had the winning bid. Uh-huh. And by the way, just to give you an idea of how insane things are right now. Yeah. This condo was $200,000 in 2012. Yeah. My bid was 585. That was my final bid. Uh, they told me that they accepted my offer. I was in a faculty meeting. I told everybody, I got it. Oh. I got it. Everybody congratulated me. And six hours later, they reneged. Oh, that's fucking horrible. Isn't it awful? It was so oh. terrible. But. I, even though I'm not that spiritual of a person, I do believe in my life at least. Right. When something like that happens, it tends to happen for a reason. And I would have been buying in March, which is the tippy top of the market. Right. And I I believe that we are due for a massive correction. Oh, hell yeah. A full-blown oh. crash. Yeah, I saw that you posted something about it, but of course I haven't read it yet. Didn't you post a blog post about it or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been really getting... Sorry. My timing's <laughs> off today. I was going to say, well, did you tell them? <laughs> I, that's how I feel now. Anybody who went that high, yeah. condos are so overvalued. Ho- houses are so overvalued yeah. right now. So is the stuff and, and everything is. Oh, well, so in the last, in the Great Recession, mm-hmm. it was the crash of the housing market that led to mm-hmm. the crash in stocks. This time, it's going to be the absolute opposite. You already see tech 
stocks completely plummeting. Mm-hmm. And so in these, many of the cities where housing is the most overvalued, like mm-hmm. San Francisco, Austin, San Diego, Boston, we already see tons of layoffs happening. And this is just the start. So what happens when you have this $200,000 job for a company, by the way, most tech companies are not profitable. They're mm-hmm. gross stories. They get their money from investors. Uh, it took Uber 12 years before they turned a quarterly profit. And that and, and think about how ubiquitous mm-hmm. Uber is. Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. That's not right, what today mind. is about. Today is about abortion. I didn't know there were layoffs already. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, well, there's especially anything that is home-related, uh-huh. like Zillow, Open Door, um, Uber mm. uh, just laid off a ton of people. It, it's Cameo just let go, I think, of half of its staff. Holy shit. It's, I have no idea. Yeah. It, wow. And the thing is, is I'm, I'm sure you know that tech stocks have just been yeah. cratering. And so it, there's always a little bit of lag time between these techs or any stock mm. falling as uh, significantly as these tech stocks have been falling and layoffs. I mean, you have, you can't, if your money comes from investors because you're not profitable and your stocks are cut in half, the value of your stocks are cut in half, you literally can't afford to pay people anymore. I didn't know that. I've been trying not to look to, to be honest. And, and here's the, one of the biggest connections Uh to the real estate market. So a lot of these tech companies, these startups will say, okay, we're going to give you like a $200,000 salary, which is Mm -hmm. absurd in and of itself. And then we're also going to give you stock or not stock options. We're going to give you partially pay you in stocks for this tech company. Mm -hmm. And so what the employees do then when they move to these high cost of living cities, like the Bay area is they will borrow against financial assets Mm-hmm. So they'll say, hey, I have X amount of stocks in this company. These are the assets that I want to borrow against. That's how they're leveraging in order to purchase their homes. But then when the stocks plummet, there are margin calls and they have to make up the difference for what they've lost in stocks. And if they don't, then they have to liquidate and sell their homes. Wow. So we are, you know, I don't know if you've heard this, but we are in the middle of an everything bubble. Mm-hmm. So there, the market works in cycles, right? Mm-hmm. Boom and bust cycles. And every hundred years or so, everything burst at the same time. And um, so it's more significant than the typical cyclical Boom and bust right, because I was concerned about the the corporate. I know that the, I, a lot of people have been predicting like a corporate real estate or commercial real estate oh, bubble. Commercial real estate right. is even more screwed right. than. But see, the thing is, is that real estate investors mm-hmm. are corporate investors who also happen to own a lot of commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. We have work from home, which is a new paradigm, and so commercial real estate is. alarmingly uh, perilous right now. But the thing is, is that the way that people are making cash offers is they're using their commercial real estate as leverage, or this is the collateral we're using 
to get the cash to make all cash offers for real estate investing. Mm -hmm. So again, when it comes time to pay up or, you know, when things lose their value, then the whole house of cards comes down. I've ever since I've been on the market for a place, I've learned all this stuff about economics and it's, um, I can't stop writing about it and reading about it. Were you just reading, but you're reading about it? Were you tons? I mean, hours and hours every day. I, uh, there are a few experts mm-hmm. who I trust. One of them is Ivy Zellman, who it, who conducts qualitative research with home builders. She was one of the few people who was bullish right before the Great Recession, and everybody was treating her like a Cassandra and like, okay, whatever, you know, you're just being contrarian to be contrarian. You mean bearish? Sorry, bearish. Yeah, yeah. not bullish. And um, and. A lot of the information that I find, like I'm part of subreddits, Mm -hmm. and so I read a lot in subreddits, and I'm mainly concerned with people who point me in the direction of certain news stories, and Mm -hmm. I can pretty quickly discern, based on data points, is this legit? Like, does the data back up the argument that's being made? I don't care about, like, let's say, something that would be in... Um, a more mainstream news source where it's like, and this real estate agent thinks that it's just a fire market that's going to continue to go up. Like that doesn't, that's not very persuasive to me. There's a guy on YouTube Mm -hmm. named Nick Gorelli, and he runs something called Reventure, uh, which is financial consulting. And uh, his data is amazing. You should really check out his videos. I've learned so much watching his stuff. So what are you doing with your 401k? Knowing all I don't have a 401. I have a pension Uh and uh, I got into Roth IRAs this year. Yeah. Uh, Again, I'm just now, I had all of my savings in a regular savings account, not even a high yield savings account. And so uh, it's really, I, I have to say as a college professor, it's very depressing to me that Courses that teach you basic stuff about personal finance are not required before yeah. you graduate. Yeah, right. So, do you think any? Do you think knowing what you know that the stock market's going to bounce back ever or years or what do you think? Like, I mean, somebody, it always yeah. it, it, always it always does. does. I mean, the, so you don't the, think like it's outside of the normal cycle. It's just that everything's bubbling all at once. No, I do think that this is mm-hmm. bigger than a regular cycle. I think that the the bust mm-hmm. that we're in the middle of having, quite Worse frankly, this is just the beginning. There, there's another guy that I um, I watch his videos. I can't remember his name, but he talks about how a lot of times before a big crash, mm-hmm. there's a melt up, and yeah. so he's been saying that he thinks that we're going down now, but then we're going to get really high again. And that is going to precede mm-hmm. a huge crash down. Okay. Yeah. I'm just curious because a lot of people are always saying, you know, the, the, the sky is falling and the, the dollar is going to crash and it's American hegemony going down the toilet and China is going to take over, which is different from saying, oh, we're going through a huge crash and then the economy is going to, you know, recover in some way. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out if I need to. Well, I don't. Or how it, much it's I not really. It's U.S. hegemony isn't the problem. Yeah. It's 
globalization. Mm -hmm. So the big issue with globalization is, let's say for our grandparents' generation, when you had when you were competing for jobs, you were competing against other people in your neighborhood, right? right? And now, in as things have become more globalized, you're not just competing against people in your neighborhood, you're competing against people in Bangladesh and in you know, all of these other countries that are all undercutting one another. And the positive is it's pulling some people in the third world out of abject poverty. Right. But, but when it comes to uh, people in the United States, we see a huger wealth gap. I mean, it, it, it's mm-hmm. like what has happened uh, over the past couple of years with stimulus money and, um, and PPP loans and, and quantitative easing mm-hmm. where interest rates have been next to nothing. And I, I don't know if you know this, but the um, federal bank has been purchased. Do you yeah. know what a mortgage-backed security is? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it wasn't until the Great Recession that they started buying mm-hmm. these mortgage-backed securities, which when they do that, that's basically, it, it just pumps all of this money into banks. Right. And it makes, it enables banks to give money through loans and stuff. But all of that money goes up to the top. Right. And so, so in other words, if you put $1,000 of stimulus money in my pocket and I'm like, oh, I want to get a new Mac Mini, well, that money goes to Apple, who then uses, who then invests that money and gets all of these like ridiculous yields mm-hmm. in a super bullish market. And, and so that is what precipitates the huge income yeah. divide. Uh, but the, the Ponzi scheme that is, tech industry, I think, is we're watching it go under now. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's fun. That's fun. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that more sometime. There was a great Frontline documentary, uh, which I just watched the other day because somebody recommended it. And it's it was so funny because I was commenting because Elizabeth Warren said uh, had said something like, um, one of the reasons why, you know, inflation is so high is because corporate corporations are you know price gouging is basically what she said i think it was what she said and i wrote back oh really what are the other reasons somebody posted said here's the frontline documentary and it's basically about quantitative easing and how you know all the mm-hmm. stimulus money goes to the top and it's basically trickle down economics blah 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 so he sent that doc- that documentary as a link i said wow thanks this is great but the uh, the funny thing is that they somebody reported that as disinformation like it was on the like the thing where you usually see obscenities like you have to click more replies because somebody had reported it because they didn't like it you know like because there are people there are many politicians particularly democrats who would have you feel you know they just want you to believe it has nothing to do with stimulus money right everything is greed right Mm -hmm. and here's a a way that i have my economic politics have shifted. So mm-hmm. I obviously am in education. That's what I do is my profession. Mm-hmm. And so I like the idea of a free education for all. But I think right now would be a catastrophic time to cancel student loan debt for any portion of the population. Because? Um, well, may- maybe a very slim portion of the population. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I think Biden's current policy where he's looking at People who, for for instance, go into more um, like people who become police officers or firefighters or nurses right. or, you know, perform some type of service to the public. Uh-huh, sure. 
uh, that to me makes a lot of sense. But the two arguments that I would have against mm-hmm. erasing student loan debt right now is number one, unless you're going to make public education free for the future, like let's say four year college mm-hmm. at a public university, then what exactly are you doing? You're just kind of randomly selecting a portion of a generation and saying, congratulations, you won the lottery. That doesn't fix anything moving forward. But more importantly, we're just coming out of these two years where we've artificially inflated the economy. And that's why we see today now Mm 8.3% inflation year over year, which is very scary. Sorry, I just want to make this one other point before we move on to abortion. So a lot of people will compare inflation and rising interest rates to what we saw with uh, Volcker, I believe Mm. was the president of the Fed during Reagan's administration. That's not fair. It's not a fair comparison because the inflation that we saw in the 1960s and 1970s was preceded by record high wages. That's what caused inflation in the 60s and 70s okay. uh, because people were unionizing in the right after World right. War II and getting higher wages. And also when we when Volcker raised the interest rate in 1980 um as high as it was, you know, people will say if you look at let's say a near 6% interest rate on a mortgage, that's really not that high historically. Compare that to 1980 or 1981. The difference is that we are so detached from the fundamentals, wages are actually decreasing in real terms Mm -hmm. compared to homes, which have shot up, let's say in Southern California, over 50% over the last two years. And and so, yeah. So are you saying that the the other issue of the i mean aside from the fact that the co- with the college tuition thing that basically you're not fixing the problem but also because you're pumping in even more money to the economy yeah okay yeah. right no, i R- agree with right that. now yeah. right now they're trying to take money out of the economy right um it, but it's already there because the, they printed it right so how do you take it out they already printed well it. if well if you look at well a lot of it's not actually it's just kind of like made up money. So let's look at mortgage-backed securities Mm -hmm. bought by the federal bank. So for your listeners who may not know, the way mortgage-backed securities work is if, let's say, Madge goes out and takes out a mortgage through her local bank, and then a regional bank goes to Madge's local bank and says, hey, put together a package of a bunch of the mortgages that you have on file, and we'll buy those from you. And that way, there's no more risk involved. You get all your money back and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So the regional bank can then sell it to a national bank as a package, like an even bigger package. Mm -hmm. So what the federal bank has done for the first time in history since since the Great Recession this has happened Mm -hmm. is through quantitative easing, the they federal bank has gone and purchased right, these right. these securities. With and what, so what money? that has with 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 invented money, right? With invented money, exactly. with it just complete like. Right. So what happens is what when the, I need my clip. So so when the um when the now that we're going into quantitative tightening, <laughs> the federal bank sells these mortgage-backed securities back to whoever wants to, you know, profit off of them. But that money that they get in return, they just hit delete on their yeah. keyboard 
and, and it vanishes. What it's money? just complete. What money? Miss Tracy. Okay, we can stop right, talking fine. about this. No, I get really excited. It, well, we'll talk about it again. It's, it's fascinating stuff. And I think people do. Why not have a podcast to teach people about it since people don't know? It's so hard. I mean, I work, I work in a business that is directly related to the financial industry, but I know nothing about it because I do the tech stuff. But um, people do need to be educated. And I did study all this crap. I just never even understood. It's so hard. It's hard to understand. I never- I never under and yeah. it's purposely it's yeah. designed to be this difficult yeah. to understand is, and yeah. and so people feel so overwhelmed and you can't just oversimplify it like I hate when people say oh it's all corporate greed it's all this it's no it's not all anything and if you think it can be simplified and down you know you reduce to a tweet you've probably you know reduced it well so here's a perfect example of mm-hmm. what you're talking about. So I was always under the impression, I would look back at the Reagan era, and mind you, I hate Reagan for so many reasons, mm. but I'd look back at the Reagan era and I'd be like, oh, well, Reaganomics, and look, at, we were in a big recession in the 1980s. Why do people think that he's some hero? Now, with my self-taught education mm-hmm. and economics, I understand, oh, well, no, he inherited all of this like massive inflation, mm-hmm. and the the uh the leader of the fed went in and just made these absurd interest rates something like i think it got as yeah. high as 18% higher, yeah. and of course that in order to get inflation under control right. and when you do that that is going to more than likely cause a recession right. like we're we are very likely going to go into a recession because we've doubled the interest rate right. and just you know the first two quarters right. of this year. But that's not necessarily a reflection of like, oh, Biden's economic policies, just as it wasn't a reflection of, I mean, if anything, right. Reagan well, was doing some good things. When I studied uh, economics in college, and my teacher was, my first teacher, D- Dr. Kuznets was the son of the Kuznets who invented GNP, right? He, he invented the concept. Not that that means anything, but it kind of does. But he, they just always told us some very fundamental things, like when prices go up, unemployment goes down, and when unemployment goes up, prices go down. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what happens. It's like we're going into a recession because the prices is too high. So then we're gonna have the prices are gonna get lower, and then we're gonna have shitloads of unemployment. There's just there, there's just that's how it works. It's unfortunate. I don't really well, know well, much. Well, one of yeah. another reason why we're going to go into a recession is mm-hmm. because. Real productivity in terms of like, here's what a business produces, either in terms of goods or services. Let's say that's going up to a certain degree, but what it's being valued, what these companies are being valued at is off the charts. It's totally, totally inconsistent with what they're actually producing. It's it's like, it's just they're playing cards with our money. It's the same thing as it was in the end of uh, 99 when that tech bubble burst. It's the same shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I just wonder like what the meltdown is going to be like. Are we, I know you said melt up, but I mean like, is there going to be like a, no, no. So Lehman Brothers thing. That's what one guy's prediction. And melt oh, up and then melt down. No, but I, what I, I don't mean that way. I mean like, what's the, what's the, what's the, the trigger that's going to blow it all up? Like when Sh- Lehman oh, Brothers collapses know. and all those, all those mortgage-backed securities. I wonder if they're like, there. Somebody might be securitizing all those cor- cor- uh, 
commercial loans. Like I know somebody who works for a big bank and they've been, there's like, she was telling me that there's like this one company that's been buying up, gobbled, gobbling up all these commercial real estate spaces. And it's strange. I mean, this is somebody who works at the bank and is processing all these purchases that they're just like, there are companies that it, are, it, they might be securitizing be that too. Yeah. Who knows? They, they call it um, bl- a black swan event. So, you know, you have everything that's built on this house of cards. Let's say yeah. like real estate investors and not just like the institutional ones, but mom and pop investors. Mm-hmm. Let's say that I've lived in my home for 20 years and I saw interest rates get down to 2.75 last summer mm-hmm. for a mortgage. And I say, oh, well, we have to work on we have to buy up real estate now because that it's a good investment, right? And so I take out a HELOC, which is using my home equity <laughs> that I've spent 20 years building. And then I buy this way overvalued mm. property, but I've used my actual home as leverage. Mm. So what happens when the housing industry plummets and you lose all of this overinflated value in your home and and you have to liquidate i mean it's but that's uh, what happened in 2008 we can't have that happen again if we do that happens again well it's it's gonna be like we learn nothing (laughs) we learn the the circumstances are a little different i think it was Mm -hmm. mark twain that says history doesn't repeat itself but it often rhymes Mm -hmm. and so i i don't like a big component of 2008 was um uh, arm mortgages. Yeah. So where you would take out like you would have a reasonable interest rate for the first two years or three years, and then all of a sudden right. it blows up. Yeah. And so uh, lending standards have gotten a, a bit better, although a lot of the Dodd Frank stuff was rolled back during mm-hmm. Trump's presidency, and um, and and now actually debt to income ratios are higher now than they were right before the Great Recession. To your point, though, it just takes something unexpected to happen to be the powder keg that blows all of this up, and it's just a matter of time. I don't think this war helped. Oh, no. Anyway, okay, back to the matter at hand, which is abortion. So... (laughs) I don't remember feel how. Free, feel, by yeah. the way, feel free to cut all of that if it doesn't. No, work I love it. It's it. great. There's no reason okay. to cut. This is a podcast. You know, I'm I'm committed to the original art form of podcast. I don't give a shit how many people listen. I have no interest in maintaining any of that shit. I don't care anymore. Well, I'm committed out. to abortion. That's true. You are. You always have been, which is why. You're the first person I thought of when I thought when I knew learned about this SCOTUS final draft thing, this PDF that came out, this big ass PDF, and I thought, you know, wouldn't it be great if abortion if Reagan would let me play an abortion cast on the show? And I thought, well, he never will. But I texted you and you said, yeah, but let's have a show about it, right? Let's have a show where we can talk about it and contextualize it. And I don't know, you go, you go. I, I, you, you talk because I, I don't know where I'm going with this. I have things to say, but they're not really organized. But I'm just uh, yeah. You know. Neither I, yeah. I have a lot to say about abortion yeah. right now and the Supreme Court, so the impending Supreme Court decision. Yeah. Uh, but to go back to that moment in time of yeah. abortion cast. Yes. 
Should we play the over- first? Should I play the first abortion cast first, or you want to explain it first? I'm not going to play the whole thing, just this clip. Yeah, play the clip. Or is it a clip? Yeah, it's just a clip. Here it is. Vag Weinstein is one Hold of on. the funniest. Did you call me Vag in that clip? I before. Yeah, I, I did. I thought I like was trying to cue it up, and I was like, "That's not an M. It's too soft." I thought I was, and then I read, oh, she's calling me Vag. Okay. Anyway, let me start over. Vag Weinstein Matt. is one of the funniest people on the planet i go to q potter today after i get done with my second day of taking my comprehensive exams and i read this post where he's written misgendered i am just so fucking tired of mommy cast why can't they have abortion cast (laughs) so i sat down and i thought about it for a bit got some images what what would this look like what would it sound like and this is what I've come up with. Hi, I'm Gloria Hanger. And I'm Sylvia Hanger. <laughs> and we're Abortion Cast. Oh my God, Gloria, <laughs> I had the best abortion the other day. It was really bloody. And look, I saved his little foot. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> hey, let me ask you a question, Sylvia. What's that tube hanging out of your gnarly vagina? Oh, silly me. That's just the vacuum. The doctor must have left it in this time. I hate it when he does that. <laughs> hey, Gloria. What are you eating? Are those Tic Tacs? No. They're morning after pills. They look tasty. Hey, did you get new coat hangers? They all look red. No, stupid. That's my blood. <laughs> what a great comedy. I love it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to over-intellectualize the abortion cast. Yeah. I will say, because I do think that there was an element of... Uh, when I first started podcasting, I mean, that was probably recorded in 2005. Yes. Where I just wanted to shock, and I would say things to be shocking, to titillate, and I feel less inclined to do that now unless there's some type of point. Okay, but But let's talk about how well-developed the characters are for something as silly as it is, like... I can never like I have like one character I do and I lose I'll forget the accent. I don't even know what's going. On. You had like these two characters were like they they had different speech impediments and habits and one keeps repeating <laughs> himself and the others were stuttering and the one has this accent and the other has that accent and different you know personalities and it, it's it's crazy. And then you it's it the way that the shtick is so like those oh I listen to those old comedy shows and it it really has a, a very kind of old school. Oh yeah, it has a setup and yeah. then put on bump. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's I almost like it. Jewish uh vaudevillian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In Forced fact it. I was I was just listening to Sarah Silverman's podcast and mm-hmm. she was talking which is fabulous, by the way, and she was talking about how her book uh is is now in previews on Broadway called The Bedwetter, and it sounds so good. But mm-hmm. one of her, you know that song, Stacy's Mom's Got It Going On? Uh, I don't think okay. so. Okay, it was like a pop song from a million years ago. But the, the writer of that song helped her write a lot of the music for her show, mm-hmm. and he died right at the start of COVID. Of an abortion. From COVID. <laughs> oh. No, from an abortion, from a partial birth abortion, <laughs> and covid but we'll never. Well, the the COVID deniers would be like, "Oh no, he probably had an abortion," <laughs> but uh, and died of the abortion because COVID isn't real. Yeah. But he 
he said, hey, Sarah, I wrote this joke for you. I was thinking about those old Jewish performers back in the thirties and, and what they would say on stage. And I wanted to write that type of joke for you and please use it in one of your shows. I'm not going to use it for anything. And she couldn't find a place for it in her act. But then BB Newworth is playing her grandmother in the bedwetter and they needed a really off color joke for her to tell. And she's like, Oh, this would be the perfect one. So the joke is, what does the, and I, I may get the wording of this off, but what does the Jewish grandmother say to her granddaughter, the porn actor? And uh, the, the response is, um, oh, I watched your porno scene, the orgy scene. You were the best one. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You were the best one. That's something my mother You were the best one. That's why I yeah, never so, told my mother I was in that business. Because what? Cause I, that's why I never told my mother I was in that business. Oh, you filmed the, the you filmed the Schwarzes the best, Madge. You do the best oh, at Madge. filming those Schwarzes. Madge, Madge, Madge. Anyway. Why are abortions um, so fucking funny, though? That's what I want to know. Why? Why well, does it make I, me laugh to talk about abortions? Well, because it's taboo, and I, I, you are attracted to anything that is inappropriate and mm. stuff that people should. The more somebody tell, it reminds me of that scene from Strangers with Candy when Mister Knoblet turns to Jerry and says, "Don't touch anything," and she can't help herself. She immediately has to touch the desk. Yeah, of course. You're, yeah. you're, you're that. I'm touching. You've the got desk. that Jerry Bank quality, right? Yeah. But. For me, mm. I, I did have an, a, a point with the abortion cast. There are times where I listen to old episodes of my show and I go, oh, boy, this was just me saying stuff to get a rise. Mm -hmm. And not there really wasn't a lot of point to it. But with the abortion cast, there was. And that's why I was okay with you playing it. Uh, mm -hmm. And the point for me when I hear it is very grounded in improv. It's that yes and rule. And I have found that one of the best ways to talk to somebody who shares an opinion that I think is just ridiculous, rather than to be like, okay, I'm going to try to change your mind about it, is to say, oh, yes, yes, I agree with what you're saying, and let's take it a little further. Mm -hmm. And Interesting. It, yeah, yeah. I, I have seen you do that. But I, I always thought it was sarcasm. It, well, it is sarcasm. Uh, it, it is. And yeah. in fact, there's a whole group called the Yes Men. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I know yeah. yeah, so the Yes Men are they're improvisational yeah. activism, yeah. and they'll look at things that corporate America says, and they'll say, oh, yes, that makes a lot of sense. Yes, we should continue drilling in this right. place, and we should just go ahead and destroy right. all the birds in this natural habitat. And interesting approach because like my approach is different. I, I like that approach, but it's interesting. I didn't see it that way. I didn't see it as a yes and thing, but um, I like to make people, and it's hard to do. I like to make people f to follow their logic. So just make them follow their own logic and say, okay, well you believe this. So is it because of this? You know what I mean? Like just make them follow their own logic calmly 
not not that I'm guiding and I'm not taking it anywhere myself, but just saying, okay, explain this further. Like, oh, you believe that, um, you know, a woman, that it's murder. Okay, so therefore, I, I can't think of a good example, but, you know, just make them follow their own logic to its logical end. And well, if you can do that calmly, is, yeah. Yeah, that's very, uh, that's very, uh, that's like the Socratic method. So mm-hmm. what Socrates would do is, Instead of if he disagreed with somebody on a philosophical issue, he wouldn't say, you're wrong, and let me explain why you're wrong. Instead, he would pose a series of questions that aim to poke holes in the uh, premises that laid the foundation for what they were arguing. exactly. And and so, and that's, I mean, obviously a very good approach to take. I I think in performance, though, Mm. there's a difference between, let's say— a conversation that you're having on an interpersonal level with somebody right. who may be quote unquote pro-life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I hate the term pro-life because oh, it's bullshit. I think, yeah. I don't like the term uh, pro choice, pro choice either. Just pro abortion or anti-abortion. That's the way I see it. His choice is a euphemism. No, you're pro abortion here. Let me just tell you my th- new thinking. You can tell me what you think, but this is my, you know, I just get these ideas in my head and half, if not more of the time, I'm just completely wrong and I'm willing to be wrong. But I think we need to completely change the, the, is it the, the argument? Oh, I so, heard it. You, t- you talked right. about this in your last show, right? Maybe. Yeah. Where I was saying like, basically forget if it's a, forget the argument. We're not going to argue. Is it murder or isn't it murder? Let's assume it's murder for argument's sake. Let's assume that, Killing a baby, a uh, fetus at any age or what embryo, whatever at any age is murder. Just the just like you know, killing a human being. Fine, we'll give you the benefit of that argument. But if it happens inside my uterus, it's murder. But I get to do it anyway, and it's legal because it's inside my body, and anything that happens inside my body is my business because it's my body. It belongs to me. If I had, and you have to sort of, and this is maybe where it becomes a little ridiculous. But let's say, let's say I have, and I love this argument, even though it's completely ridiculous, but let's say somebody shoves, let's just, I mean, maybe it's possible. Let's say you're in a bathhouse and you're, and somebody punch fucks (laughs) you with a fucking viable fetus, right? That fits like in a grape, right? So yeah, like a grape size fetus and they punch fuck you. Now you're fucking pregnant. What are you going to do? Are you going to like wait for that thing to be born? (laughs) Okay, it, you have to assume that that's possible. No, you're going to shit it out. Imagine if men had, a, you know, if somebody just butt fucked you and stuck a baby in there, are you just going to leave it there? Or, or are you going to shit it out? You're going to shit it out because it's fucking invading you. It's the same fucking thing. They have a right to, that a man is fucking you and he plants this baby in you. You have the right to shit that thing out. What's the difference? Well, the difference is, is that in your hypothetical scenario, mm. you're talking about a man becoming pregnant. And if yeah. men were the ones who were pregnant, then the question of abortion would not be up for debate. It would just right. be allowed. Of course. Well, that's kind of the point. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I think a lot of people are trying to are, are making similar points to what you make about trying to reframe the debate. Like okay. I've heard other people say that. If you make it about a, um, if you make it about like life or not, or kind of the yeah. way that we've traditionally framed the abortion debate, uh-huh. you're you're gonna, it's not a productive way to frame it. Instead, you should frame it in terms of sexual freedom, 
Body and sovereignty. sexual choice, and 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 that will appeal especially to younger people. I th- I think we can make all of these arguments mm-hmm. simultaneously. Uh, t- to me, mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I feel quite passionately about abortion is because it's not just about abortion. It's about reproductive freedoms on a much larger scale. And here's what I mean by that. So when I was born in 76, I remember growing up being in elementary school in the 1980s, and we would call each other test tube babies. And that was like a big put down, right? Because test tube babies were just becoming a thing. And I remember hearing about the first baby that will be born without a soul. Like that was religious discourse at the time because um, of things like what we would now call infertile yeah. fertilization and stuff like that. And now it there's none of that stigma around it because we have all of these different technologies that allow people to have children much later in life. Uh, they allow uh, my sister, for example, um, was able to use donor egg, donor sperm, because she decided to have children in her late 40s, and she could carry, but her um, eggs were not viable, and she didn't have a partner. And so just in her circumstance, you're dealing with somebody, a woman, who's having a child later in life, uh, beyond her viability, her, you know, regular viability as a woman, and, and is using donor genetic material in order to do stuff. None of that stuff would have been possible um, before that. So what what a lot of these patchwork laws have already done is to argue that life begins at fertilization. Mm-hmm. So, so let's look at reproductive technologies. Let's look at people who put eggs on ice mm-hmm. because they want to have babies later. Or here's another example. I have uh, two of my closest friends, Jana and Corey, are married couple. Jana is quadriplegic, mm-hmm. and they have a son named Griffin, who I think just turned four. He's wonderful. And uh, they use Jana's egg Corey sperm, and they used a surrogate. Well, it turns out both of them have recessive genes for a particular disease. So they had to get a lot of eggs fertilized and then genetic testing done on all of the eggs to figure out which ones were likely going to get the disease and which ones were not. And I think that is a blessing. That's a mitzvah right there, Mm -hmm. that you're able to do that. Especially, like, people who have to go through this process, it is emotionally draining, it is financially draining, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's not like you're selecting for the most intelligent child, you're just trying to select for the one that is in... Quality of life! Yeah. People say that pro-life, you know, this is... If, if you have, so are you saying that this that these abortion laws are going to make this what you're just describing not possible because life begins at conception according to them, and it's going to basically make this stuff illegal? Life begins in many of these states now the minute a sperm fertilizes right. an egg. But see, so and that's are, the same logic that would make an ectopic pregnancy really illegal to abort too, right? Because an ectopic pregnancy is a fertilized egg that you know is 
in a dangerous place, but it's it's by their definition, it's a human life, right? Like the fallopian tube yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, well, d- d- kind of different, mm-hmm. right? So that is something that puts a woman's life in immediate danger, sure. right? And though and those laws are in many of these states without exception. Like, well, tough shit. You know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. But this, I think, the re- the reproductive technology angle, th- there will be a cascading effect that these laws have that have nothing to do with, tr- quote-unquote, terminating a pregnancy the way that you, you would typically think of abortion. Th- this will affect the ability for people for single people to have children Mm -hmm. for people to have children later in life for people to for lgbtq people to have children this is not just about controlling women's lives this is about um like i was thinking today before we got on the show about i i did a facebook post just saying wow i don't know what the generational thing is but i look at my friends who are parents and they are such great parents compared to when I was growing up. I'm Generation X. I'm part of the first generation of latchkey kids. Parents weren't around. Parents were having children at very early ages when they weren't ready. The What reproductive technologies have enabled people to do is to wait mm-hmm. until, they're, until they are fully baked human beings mm-hmm. and can really devote time to being parents. Yeah. And... And it, it's, it, again, such a blessing. And so, it's uh, it's heartbreaking yeah. to me to, to, oh. to think about how many lives this and, will affect. And, that, and that's just one branch of the disastrous effects of this. And I think the other is, you know, this whole Handmaid's Tale world of, well, if you get a miscarriage, who's going who's gonna to investigate? It. If you do need oh, an yeah. abortion to save your life, are you really going to be able to find a doctor to do it because he's going to be accused of murder, basically? You know, there's so much. And the conception thing just has so many ramifications that. But here's I just at some point we have to make it political. And I guess my big question is, you know, today the big news is, you know, they had their fake vote. Well, I shouldn't say fake. They had their vote in the Senate for codifying Roe, it lost. But the big the big news, the big headline was basically that Joe Manchin said that he would not support it. He voted against it. So he's this pro-life guy. And my question is, how come the Democrats, when, if there's a, how come we have a Democrat who's willing to go against his party who's pro-life, but when you, you don't have Republicans willing to do the same thing? In other words, why are Democrats willing to go against their party for principle if they're pro-life, but the pro-choice Republicans toe the line of the party? Well, why do you think that is? I have my suspicions. Well, uh, you've said in past podcasts, I believe, if memory serves me, echoing maybe Lady Bunny, who's echoing mm. somebody else, but that... Politics are designed in this way to do, like, the system is designed this way. So as long as you have one or two, as long as you have a cinema or a mansion or just a few people, they can completely derail the process and that stops Mm -hmm. things from getting done. And quite frankly, I think that a lot of uh, 
Democrats look at what's happening with Roe versus Wade and they go, they're thinking short term and they go, mm-hmm. oh, this is really going to help us. It's going to help yeah. us raise money. It's right. going to help us get reelected during midterms. Yeah. And Republicans, if you look at the Republican leadership like Mitch McConnell, McConnell is much more of a long term thinker. Like he'll think, oh, well, like, for instance, when um, when Scalia died Mm -hmm. and he thought, oh, you know what, I'll take this gamble. And you know what? So what if it doesn't pay off in the short term? So what if we lose seats or whatever? Mm -hmm. And the long term, this could really pay off for us. And look, look where we're at now. Roe versus Wade is about to be overturned. And I would think that that's an appropriate time to play this clip where you, where the abortion cast, Shirley and what was the other one's name? Shirley and. No, it's Sylvia and Gloria. Sylvia and Gloria were just downright prophetic when they discuss a, the importance of SCOTUS, although they might have been slightly misinformed. Here we go. So what were you saying about um, the Supreme Court justices? Oh, <clears throat> well, they're uh, they're they're all they're all uh they're all stepping down. They're, uh, they don't want to do the job anymore hmm? because they're all in, you know, very old. So you have the uh, uh, Vagina Ginsburg and uh, the Sandy O'Connelly and uh, the, 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 the man, <laughs> William I, I don't know. Rhinestone, I think it is. And, you know, there's a bunch of them. And they, I think they're, <laughs> they're the Supreme Court now. is made up of 24... Or, or, or no, 50, 50, 50 people, one from each state. Yeah, more than 24. <laughs> and um, they're the ones who determine whether or not we get abortions uh, or how easy it is for us to get abortions. And what these people don't realize is that uh, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, go to the street. Uh, exactly. Exactly. We'll go to the street. Yeah, we'll go to the street. And that's what you saw happening today <laughs> and, and in the past few days. days uh yeah, the past few days, I have to say, just mm-hmm. some things that I love about the characters is it's not easy to pull off malapropisms and mm-hmm. comedy and make it actually funny. Like, I remember uh, Debbie tries to do a lot of malapropisms. You have to do it with a lot of confidence. And I, I like... Well, I think I Debbie's like, a real. I think that's why she's so good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I like justices. Yeah. Uh, I, but it, that was really scary to think, like... It, it really gives you perspective for how long we've been podcasting when all of the Supreme Court justices that I listed are dead. <laughs> right. It really, it's unbelievable. But they you know, all died I, from, you know, the, yeah. I don't know if you know this, but Sandra Day O'Connor and Ruth Bader Ginsburg both died during abortions. They were getting abortions. And- <laughs> right. Stone abortions. <laughs> Stone baby abortions. <laughs> So I just think like this is the this is what's really been bugging me lately is, uh, you know, who let's I don't know who leaked this this draft opinion, but let's assume just for argument's sake, it was a Democrat. So why I think that the reason they that they leaked it now, some have argued like Ted Cruz said, and I know Democrats actually believe agree with him that they did it in order to use it as leverage for the election. I, I don't buy it. I think that either it probably would have served them better to wait until June or July, whenever the, the actual ruling was handed down, because then you're closer to the election. So I don't I don't buy that argument that the Democrats did it for that reason. I think if a Democrat did it and my guess is they did, it was in order to give the public a chance to change SCOTUS's mind, 
right? In other words, okay, it's the draft opinion. We let it out. Let's rise up as a population and show this these these this court that we're that we're not going to treat them as valid. I mean, after all, they don't have an army. They're not really they their power really isn't binding. It's just the fact that people believe in them. It's like fucking Santa Claus or Tinkerbell, you know, that we could rise up and say, fuck you. We're not going to take this. And at the same time, Biden and and the and Congress has the opportunity to to really threaten them and say, in other words, Biden and all those people should be using this period of time to try and do everything period. they possibly can to change their mind, to change the final opinion. But they're not doing it. All they're doing is just saying, "Oh, our hands are tied." Uh, sorry, I uh, just got to vote some more. Vote harder. No, he should. Biden should be saying, no, we're going to stack the courts. We're pissed. We're not going to take this. We're going to stack the courts. We're going to overturn the filibuster. I'm going to get on Manchin's ass. I'm going to stop him. I'm going to take away all the money for West Virginia and Arizona, and we're not going to take this, and here's what I'm going to do, and we're going to impeach these justices because they fucking lied, and they're in to, they lied to members of court. They lied uh, on their hearing saying they wouldn't overturn it, and they're going to do it. Take a multi-pronged attack to stop these motherfuckers and make them change their fucking mind. Is any of that happening? No. No. They're a fucking sleep at the wheel and they're just saying, oh, we need money for more. We need more money for you vote next time. And Elizabeth Warren's on The View and she's like, I'm fighting mad. Oh, gosh darn it. I'm fighting mad because all these mamas and these papas and these daddies and their babies, oh, they're not going to, they're, they're. They're not going to be able to control their bodies, and I'm so angry. Grr! What are you going to do about it? Well, you have to vote. I mean, that's what she said on The View. Well, you've got to vote in November. That's it? No, that's not why we voted for you. We didn't vote for you to say, vote some more. Yeah, we can't do it this time. No, fucking fight. At least fight. You know, maybe it won't work, but you have to show. Why? Just fight. Uh, you know. People are tired. I mean, people are tired after the, there was so much uh, protesting with Black I'm Lives Matter. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about the fucking government. I'm talking about Biden. I'm talking oh. about Pelosi. I don't mean the people. I think the people are are fighting a little. You know, that's good. They're, they're protesting. I'm talking about Biden, really. I'm talking about the bully pulpit. I'm talking about Pelosi. I mean, because what I see is Biden's a Catholic. And in the 80s, he voted for a lot of he was pretty much pro-life. Yeah. Um, so what's going on? What's going on, really? I I don't know. I I'm I'm super disillusioned with yeah. the Democratic Party for um, a lot a lot of different reasons. I'm not surprised that they're not putting up a lot of fight right now. I'm yeah. I, I'm just I'm not at all surprised. I mean, I I think the most important thing to do is to just get as much information out there about some of the implications for this and to talk mm -hmm. about some of the state laws to make people, because people, um, so you think it's a maybe think the row and yeah. yeah, well, I, I've, I've heard a, an opposing theory for the leak that it was a Republican cool. done. And the reason why they leaked it was because they didn't want the Supreme court to to revise it to make it more mm. lenient I that they wanted that, yeah. that that once it was out there before the ruling came out mm. that that would make you know like what alito wrote could be who knows 
Yeah, could be. And and to me, it really doesn't matter yeah. um, who leaked it or what the motive is because it, it well, is. Well, I, I guess the only reason it, it matters to me is if, if assuming my theory, which could be complete nonsense is true. It's like, are you going to let that happen in vain? You know, that person, if they did leak it for that reason, right. by not fighting it, you're, the leak was for really... It's like having a whistleblower and then, yeah. and then, and this happens actually yeah. all the time where a whistleblower will come out and point the finger at injustice and people are like, we need to take care of this whistleblower. What is right. this whistleblower doing? Of and that's course. exactly what yeah. Clarence Thomas, of all people, coming out and being like, this is just, I can't believe this is such an abuse of justice when his wife was just caught trying to stage yeah. a coup. Okay. Of- you know, and that's, that fucking guy is so stupid. You know, to, to, to agree with this logic of Alito's that is basically arguing against his own marriage. I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe he just fucking hates his wife and this is just a, a, a very indirect way to get a divorce <laughs> without having to, you know, to, to have a prenup or something. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, well, here, uh, here are two other implications from just because these mm-hmm. laws are written primarily by men who have no idea how a woman's reproductive Mm -hmm. uh, plumbing works, Mm -hmm. right? And so there are states that already have laws geared up and ready to go to um, make Plan B that drug illegal, which, Mm -hmm. by the way, Plan B doesn't terminate a pregnancy. The way that Plan B works is it um, inhibits a sperm's ability to fertilize an egg. So, in other oh, words, really? it acts it acts as contraception uh, that will prevent fertilization. So that's not the morning there, after pill, or is it? Or maybe that's the more. Sorry, that might be the morning after pill, or maybe they're the same I thing. Know. I I don't know what the late the names are because, uh, yeah, I don't have to worry about getting pregnant. Uh, not I don't know how long it I takes, but I would think by the morning after you're already pregnant then or conceived, right? I mean, how long do those things swim around before they... No, I think it's... Isn't it like 72 hours or something? Let's look. No, I didn't on. know, I didn't know that. I, how long for egg to be fertilized and cooked? Inhuman. Uh, it, it takes about 24 hours for a sperm to fertilize an egg. Wow, I didn't know that. So Yeah, so I'm, I'm guessing like hmm. if you went out to the bathhouse, the, the heterosexual bathhouse, oh, and so many you those. took a bunch of loads, and then eight hours later, you took the pill that you would be fine, hmm. which makes sense. Um, in other states, there is talk of banning condoms. What? <laughs> which, again, it d- doesn't just have an effect on reproduction, obviously. That's one of the most significant things that you would talk about. But then you think about like sexually transmitted diseases, especially as they spread in the gay male community and yeah. how effective condom use has been for gay men in preventing those illnesses. I mean, it's this is a very, very scary time. I don't get it. Do you? Why would you make condoms illegal? Well, because the the logic is, is that the this is... Do these the people not, fuck? So, not, do these so, not, do these Republicans just not fuck? Is that it? They don't fuck, so, and they don't want anybody else to fuck. I, I so just don't a, get it. Here's a little interesting historical lesson. So, mm-hmm. I one of the things that I ask in my classes when I teach gender is out of the terms homosexual, gay, and queer, mm-hmm. which is the most negatively connoted term, and most people don't know that. At least in my 
gays know it, but, you know, most of the students in my class don't know that homosexual is the most negatively connoted term. And I tell them, yeah, until I learned about gay and lesbian history, I had no idea either. I just thought it was the most uh, sterile, the most connotation free. It sounded like it had been around for hundreds and hundreds of years when the terms heterosexual and homosexual actually emerged in the 19th century. They both were used to connote mental illness. So a homosexual um, was somebody who was a gender invert. And then same-sex desire just added an additional layer of deviance. But a heterosexual was the term sexologists used for um, what we would now consider to be straight people who enjoyed having sex without the purpose of procreation. So like chronic masturbators, promiscuous people, people having sex out of wedlock. They were called Um, heterosexuals. Heterosexuals. And it wasn't until the um, early 20th century Uh that heterosexuality became normalized and became connotation free. And then all of the objectification happened to so-called homosexuals. Oh, I didn't know yeah, it's 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 um, it's a fascinating history. But the point being that really uh, remember American Horror Story Asylum. Yeah. And how a lot of like the monsters in the asylum were like the woman who liked to have sex a lot and the mm-hmm. person who masturbated a lot. Yeah. All of those. And that's mid-century mm-hmm. United States. Right. Not too long ago. All of those were people who were having sex without the purpose of procreation. So in the recent history of our country, the idea, this puritanical idea that people would have sex without the purpose of producing a life has been treated as abnormal. just Just a second. Okay, go ahead. Without producing a life, I got you. Without producing a life, it's been viewed as immoral, unhealthy, unclean. Uh, And so we're really circling back. This is much more than Roe versus Wade. It's really, and you see this in this whole grid of other laws that these states have on deck and ready uh, to go, and, and you look at uh, you look at Alito's decision, yeah. and he he attacks Lawrence v. Texas mm-hmm. right out of the gate, saying that all of these laws that the Supreme Court are all of these rulings that the Supreme Court has made that are grounded in privacy rights are just fictitious. They were bad rulings, mm-hmm. and so it's not so it's not by mistake or happenstance, it's by design that he's pointing his finger at all of these other forms of sex that don't result in procreation. You think he's going to make uh, gay marriage illegal too? They. Uh, my feeling is that the groundwork is now laid for the Supreme Court to invalidate uh, marriage equality on the federal level and say that this is a state's rights issue, which is what which is what Alito's decision has done for. Like, you don't put in this stuff right. about Lawrence v. Texas w- without. And what thinking, was Lawrence v. Texas? Lawrence v. Texas was the Supreme Court decriminalizing Texas sodomy laws, Mm -hmm. which interestingly, and this is um, one of the ways that it factored in directly to um, privacy rights. So what happened in Lawrence v. Texas was a gay couple was having sex in their apartment. The police 
entered the apartment. It was the wrong apartment. It wasn't the, the apartment that they had the search warrant for. They saw the two men having sex in bed with one another. And there were sodomy laws in Texas all the way up until the early 2000s that criminalized sodomy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in a lot of these states, they would say, well, heterosexual sodomy as well. But if it's straight people doing it, you have no, you can't discern. Right. And um, duty smell, but yeah. So it, uh, and so the people came out and said, this is ridiculous. Like, we're in the privacy of our own homes. We're consenting adults. And so that went all the way up to the Supreme Court. And but it's, so abs- it, it's absurd so it, it, to think. It invalidated the sodomy law, right? Yeah. That was and the so, what the, so he's what saying the Supreme- that that's not valid. That's it should have that that should have been right. a, that. Wow. So, so his his rationale is that a lot of the Supreme Court rulings Mm -hmm. are not valid because they have not been traditionally seen as rights in the history of the United States. So So in other words, one of the things that people are picking up on on Mm -hmm. social media is the circular reasoning that, oh, because women have had fewer rights Mm -hmm. traditionally in the United States moving forward, they should also have less rights. And black people should be slaves. Can we just take a little breather and listen to some abortion hip tips? Because I think it might be some time for that. Hey, Sylvia, do you know what time it is? I think it's time, Gloria, for some abortion cast hip tips. Kill it! Shove the hanger in there really good! Get that baby out! Grab a vacuum! Abortion. Want to abort that baby in the privacy of your own home? Do something creative like fall down the stairs. Want to save some money on your next abortion? Why not use something you can find lying around the house? You get a free abortion kit anytime you go to the dry cleaner. You know, that's really funny because the, the whole coat hanger trope is has been really condemned lately. I mean, you know that you know that. You know that you're not supposed no. to joke. Yeah, you're not supposed to joke about ho- coat hangers because they you know, they at least the many of the Abortion rights people will say that's just an old, you know, because what that's saying is that I don't even I can't even tell you why, but it's because it's not valid anymore because you don't need you wouldn't use a coat hanger now. You would get an aftermarket or, you know, a black market abortion pill or something. I, I don't even I can't even repeat the argument. But oh, that means, oh that. actually, that's I mean, it's interesting because I, what it's saying yeah. is that the um the, the the method of abortion will be more pharmaceutical, which yeah. will be like a technology, right? But right. you look at, I just woke up to a statistic about mm. how, um, about like fentanyl and meth overdoses in the country. You know, the, the overdosing right now is, I, I think, one of the leading causes of death mm. <laughs> in the United yeah. States, which validates what... Yeah pro-choice people are saying regarding the danger of pharmaceuticals yeah. uh, absolutely it does i didn't think about it but that's true god i i know two, at least no i two or three people that died in the past year from that shit it's crazy because they stick it in everything if you get a any pill you get 
from the street has a very good chance of having fentanyl in it. So yeah, an, ab- an abortion pill could easily have fentanyl in it. That's, I didn't or not just that. fentanyl, it could have something, uh, you know, Anything. if the goal is yeah. to cr- to create some type of traumatic trauma yeah. to the body in order to induce an abortion, mm-hmm. and it's not federally regulated, it's not, it, yeah. you know, there's no FDA looking over at things. Trim spa, honey. <laughs> Interestingly, I know you hate Nay talk, but Nay, a few months ago, did to. She's dating a man. Oh my god! And I forgot and about she Nay. Did, Meanwhile, she simply did, Sarah's husband's in the ICU, and you're worried about Nay. But that's okay. <laughs> I was a oh, botched abortion for him too. He's very sick. She did two pregnancy tests on her show. They both came oh, back positive, and Jesus rather. Christ then it was it was very disturbing i mean she basically started drinking heavily every day she started smoking pot a lot and it to me who knows what her real motive it was but to me it became apparent like oh rather than just kind of go and get an abortion you're doing what you need to do in order to terminate the pregnancy on your own terms. That was my read of it. And the reason why I bring this up is because that is the type of thing that many women will have to resort to. Yeah. Um, if not even more dangerous. And right. it's just, it's, it, it's, it's very depressing. I saw Bette Midler post something on Twitter where she said, Roe versus Wade wasn't the start of abortion. It was the start of safe abortions yeah. in but the how, country. Is it, and I read like, well, one fourth of the women will have an abortion during their reproductive years. So, And isn't it the case that more than 50% of Americans want it to remain legal? Am I wrong? Oh, no. It's it's a super majority of people. Okay, so I've, then I've read what statistics the fuck is closer on? to 70%. So then what we the have, fuck is going on? We have minority rule uh-huh. in this country yeah. where Republicans have uh, gerrymandered districts mm-hmm. and they, they have control. Look, Bush won his first term in office not winning the popular vote. Trump didn't win the popular vote. Right. You look at like... <laughs> uh, they are that and not only do they not win the popular vote if you look at the number i number of um congress people elected more votes are cast for democrats even in the years that republicans take control i mean they have the system rigged so we had this completely invalid president and Mm -hmm. trump who was able to put three people on the supreme court and some very bad political maneuvering by Democrats. Like I, I like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but she yeah. should not. Uh, she should have retired long before she did. And the thing with what Mitch McConnell did to get to so that uh, Obama wasn't able to replace Scalia, aside from him being incredibly evil, was also really skilled political maneuvering that he oh, was able to do he, that. And I, w- I want we need to to fight that with the same level i agree politics and biden just isn't that at all he just it's like there's just nothing Well, because we have we have corporate we have corporate democrats in place and that really don't care 
too much about any of these issues or, I mean, case in point, look, we could have had, uh, I mean, I agree that we needed to get Trump out of office no matter what, but yeah, w- what sort of inspiration does Biden? <laughs> it, yeah. It, I mean, it's depressing. It, it, it really is depressing. And in fact, they, they Democrats latch on to these really stupid ideas. Mm-hmm. Like um, it was stupid phrasing, like defund the police. Mm-hmm. I can tell you living in West Hollywood, violent crime has risen so sharply. It's no point in calling the police for anything because they're so feckless. They don't do anything except act like assholes when they arrive and then tell you they can't do anything about like even like even violent crime they don't do anything about and it's the same um, here but i don't fault the democrats for that i mean that's the fucking police being enabled you know like oh, they're well, giving we uh, the police here got like 350 million dollars in covid funding from our lovely mayor uh, the late Lori lightfoot i mean and and they still don't fucking do anything. And we get we have murders like on my block now, literally on my block during the day. Oh, me too. During me the too. day. I, let me tell you something. Uh, that that citizen app is like mm. grinder yeah. for violent crime. Yeah. I mean, it, it's awful the stuff that I see. And uh, but but here's where I'll I'll uh, you know um, disagree with what you're saying. So like West Hollywood City Council, um wants to so there was a governor in Arkansas or no not a governor he's like a police chief or something in Arkansas and he looked at the data and he said oh wow people of color disproportionately like way disproportionately get pulled over for like these very benign offenses and then he also looked at another data point where it said like when people of color are pulled over they're much more likely to be killed by police officers so in this little town in arkansas he was like you can't just pull people over for having air freshener hanging Mm -hmm. (laughs) from their rear view mirror or like there has to be some type of real reason why you're pulling somebody over even expired tags he's like we're not going to pull people over that logic may work in arkansas like in a small town but it does not translate to someplace like hollywood right and so to give you an idea the west hollywood um uber progressive city council wants to make it illegal for police officers to pull over people for the same type of offenses but people in west hollywood steal cars they take off the license plates so they can then engage in violent crimes and kill people and do all of this other stuff. So that tactic doesn't work here, but the logic they're trying to use the same type of like progressive mindset that makes sense in a smaller town. What does it have to do with being pulled over for air fresheners? If you steal cars, I'm completely lost. Well, because so, so being pulled over for an air freshener, let's say in Arkansas is in the same class of crime as not having tags or not having a front, license plate on your car or something like that in arkansas you don't have the epidemic of crime that you have in say hollywood mm-hmm. where people will go and steal cars they remove the license plates or replace their license mm-hmm. plates um things that could easily be tagged by police which gives police officers probable probable cause to pull over that car and to realize, oh, there's something much bigger going on here. Oh, like you're saying you have that they don't have warrants out for your arrest. You're saying they don't have probable cause in L.A. because they're using a stolen car and 
that what you mean? Well, if you, what I'm saying is that a car with expired tags in Arkansas yeah. may not mean the same thing or have the same implications uh -huh. as the, a car with expired tags in Hollywood. Okay. That if you look at like a lot of the crimes that have become like the nature of crime, of violent crime has shifted a lot um, in the last decade. Yeah. So some of the crimes like smash and grab robberies, mm -hmm. um, peop like a one that's really popular uh, in, in the area is people will follow couples home from nice restaurants mm -hmm. and then do home invasions or, you know, Stuff like that. There's a whole network of crime. Yeah. Um, and so stuff, and you're not going to see that type of exact crime in a smaller city. So some of the precautions that you would use, like, yeah. in order to pull somebody well, over in Hollywood actually sure. make sense. And you, you wouldn't want that progressive mm -hmm. policy to inhibit police officers from doing what they need to do in order to make streets safer in big cities. Well, I didn't, I mean, I wasn't aware of the fact that it did, if, if that's the case, because the way I understand it is like, it's like, if you're a cop, then just be good and don't like, you know, you know, if you're pulling somebody over for the right reason or the wrong reason and don't like beat people up, you know, because they, you know, don't fucking lose your mind and, you know, shoot somebody with the raw, you know, with a taser instead of a gun, you know, just do your job is all where I think that's all anybody wants the police to do. Don't freak out and go crazy and do your job in police. But I, what I see police doing is just saying, oh, those damn liberals are, you know, criticizing us. So watch us, watch how you need us. Yeah. But the problem is you still get paid. You know, and you're yeah. saying, you know, you're still getting paid. You're still getting the pension that we pay for. You're getting more money than ever. You have these beautiful cars and trucks and, you know, and helicopters here. They have boats and all this shit. But well, I don't you see, see you on the street when there's fucking murder. Did you see the um, the video that came out in the wake of the, the abortion, the Alito's abortion opinion, mm -hmm. um, where these uh, pro-choice advocates were protesting in front of a Catholic church and they had a bunch of like fire department, New York people who were protecting the doors of the church, but the, it was also gated. So like the uh, mm -hmm. protesters couldn't get inside the gates. And one of the fire department guys was taunting the protesters saying stuff like, um, no, it's not your body. It's my body. And you're going to have my baby. If I tell you to, I'm, it, you have to see this video. It's it's absurd. Oh so and that speaks to joking. your point, huh? They were joking, right? Were they being serious? No, he was being. He was a a pro life was person. It wasn't just like being ironic and funny. No, no, it wasn't he was. Like a, and and who knows if he felt sincere, right? Or if yeah. he was just trying to rile yeah. up the crowd. But I think to your point. Your point is that police officers or people in the fire department, they need to be able to de-escalate situations. Yeah. Just do their job. And they, they, That's all. Right. Just do your right. job. 
I don't. I mean, like, I was okay. So we get murders like crazy here, and I was watching the the news. I watch the news now in the morning because I need to know if there's like a murder on my street or what. Do I have to? Can I leave? So I'm watching the news this morning. There was four people shot in Jackson Park. I don't know how many, and it was like basically a bunch of people in a park, and some guy drove in a car, and four people got shot, just shooting people at random. Which also happens to be the site where they're building the Obama Presidential Library right now. The thing is, they showed this on the scene. We're on the scene with Channel 7. It was like 50 cops just standing around after the fact. But, yeah. when there are, but you don't see any cops on the street. Yeah. Just when there's when nothing grew, happening. When I grew up in Texas, I remember people getting pulled over all the time. Mm-hmm. My father used to have this sticker called the 100 Club mm-hmm. um, on the back of his car. And the 100 Club was when a police officer died. If you're part of the club, you donate a hundred dollars to mm-hmm. the family um, okay. of, of the fallen police officer. But, but you know, my father, being—I mean, I hate to say this—but as Jewish as he was, was thinking, "Oh, I'll put the, you know, it's a good cause. I'll pull it on, and then I won't get pulled over." Mm-hmm. And it worked, you know. Like even when, he, yeah. yeah, even when he got pulled over, you know, they would yeah. let him out of the ticket and stuff. But, I um, did that too. but that point. You wouldn't need a 100 club sticker these days because police officers don't pull people over anymore. They don't. There's no uh, the fact that people feel so emboldened to go into stores and do smash and grabs. And, um, you know, another I was talking about the nature of crime changing in West Hollywood. Another thing is uh, stealing French bulldogs Mm -hmm. and and violent crimes by gunpoint. And I mean, the most obvious a famous case of this would be the Lady Gaga incident, but this is happening every couple of months now in my immediate neighborhood, and it's uh, it's terrifying. The cops are acting like they were fired. They were acting like disband the police really happened. They act like they defunded the police, but the problem is they're still funded. They're still getting paid. They're just not doing their jobs anymore, and that's fucking right. bullshit. And they have amazing pensions and in, benefits. In my and, in, in neighbor, not in my neighborhood, another neighborhood, Bucktown. The the neighbors have gotten together and hired private security to police their own neighborhood, even though they already have cops that they're paying for through property taxes. Private security, and this is just probably a couple, maybe even not even a mile from where the mayor lives. Private oh, fucking the, security. Yeah. Well, look at what happened during COVID. Mm-hmm. So they're. Uh, you know, like medical care that's like valet medical care. Yeah, of course. So so you don't go to a hospital. Mm -hmm. You pay like this huge amount of money. Oh, who was I just talking to about this? Oh, so my friend Rachel, uh, who's a poet, but not Rachel can. She, uh, her husband got COVID Mm -hmm. and was on a ventilator and She's friends with that actor, Amber Tamblin, and her husband was about to die. I mean, you know, like I, if you're on a ventilator, it's not very good shot that you're going to make it right. through once you get to that point. And so because Amber is famous, she was she knew something like um, somebody in government who was able to, like, prescribe yeah. the cocktail. And within like a day, he was 90 percent better. Yeah, I mean, it, it's this is what this is the way the capitalist you system know how works. My, uh, my lesbian wife, so her, her um, aunt was very sick with COVID in Peru, and what we ended up having to do is so they had no ICU beds. She needed one. We ended up having to basically 
by a ventilator like I don't know. I don't exactly know how it all happened, but basically they found an IC, they find a regular hospital bed and her family, including us, uh, got money together and bought a machine to put on this regular hospital bed that so she could be, have a ventilator and, um, she was in the hospital for like a month, but she lived. But, uh, wow. That's third world, but the, that shit's going on everywhere. But I mean, look at, they say that Trump was basically at death's door and then he went in and I don't know if you know this or not, but when he went into mm-hmm. Walter Reed hospital <clears throat> and they gave him all, you know, the drug cocktail and stuff, he also mm-hmm. had an inpatient abortion, a full birth abortion, which is why he was so large and he never lost the baby weight. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just grown. Yeah. No, nobody talks about the weight <laughs> loss angle of abortion. Maybe that you were talking about framing the debate. What if we made abortion about weight loss instead of is it life? Is it not life? But weight loss is bad. Being fat is good. I think. I don't think that would work. Isn't being fat good? Body positivity. Oh, you're you're lizzofying. I don't the know. Everything debate. is so confusing. I feel like everything that happens that's bad right now in society is happening in little closed secret chat rooms. I think that's where all the real damage is going on. It's not, it's not on public Twitter feeds. It's in all these like little fucking sick discussions where people are just spewing their fucking crazy shit without anybody having the opportunity to, to contradict it. Like I have this, I talked about this right in my show, but I had this telegram. I have this telegram group. And this is completely subjective. I may be, as usual, completely wrong. But there was this person, and you you really don't know who these people are. Some of the people I know because they've been listening forever. But there's this person who came in the chat room, in and I didn't know who they were, a trans person from Sweden, I think. And they were, like, in the chat room being normal, sort of, talking about going mushroom hunting in Norway and all this. And it was just, there was something missing in my mind about this personality. Like, I just, I wasn't feeling like I was getting 100% of the person. Like, I was getting, it just felt like somebody's holding back. And then when that whole ivermectin thing came up, when ivermectin all of a sudden shot up in the news because Trump said something about it, then this person, she started defending ivermectin and saying, well, it hasn't been debunked yet and starts to sort of spew these sort of like almost like talking points like that. I'm supposed to think ivermectin might be okay. And I just let her have it at that point. I said, no, we're not going to have this discussion here. Ivermectin has absolutely no evidence that it helps COVID and that's all there is. And just like maybe like Tylenol is good for COVID. You can say that because it hasn't been disproven, but that doesn't, that's not how it works. And this person just the next day just was gone and we never heard from her again. And I just think, well, what did, what did, would have happened if I had let that person continue their crap? They would have spread this garbage and I would have had one of these pro ivermectin chat rooms within probably a couple of weeks. You know, because it's these mind viruses are insidious and it's very easy because you're in a situation where everybody likes each other. You don't want to say anything nasty. You don't want to turn a person off because you want to be polite. Americans have this thing about being polite. We never tell people. And that's my latest mantra. Speak truth. Speak truth to dumb. That's my new mantra. Speak truth to dumb. If somebody says something fucking stupid, you got to tell them. And I'm not talking about on Twitter. Everybody already does that. I'm talking about in a room where you care about other people and somebody says something off the wall stupid, you got to fucking challenge them because I think that's where this shit is spreading. Like, why the fuck are we in Handmaid's Tale? It doesn't make sense. 
Something weird's going on. We have these weird ways of communicating where, and these viruses that God knows what's propelling them, whether it's AI or Russia or just fucking accident and just horribleness of humanity. But I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I, I don't have an answer for it either. I mean, I, I, one of my closest friends has totally gone down a rabbit hole and is, you know, just everything like she, she just posted on Facebook and I, I mute her, you know, how you can mute somebody and then you have to keep muting them when they come back 30 days from now. I don't want to defriend her. First name is with a K. Yes. Okay. And, um, she recently posted on Facebook and said something along the lines of, you know, wake up because people like this always love saying, telling people to wake up, wake up, everybody. Do you think that the uh, Supreme Court leak was just out of nowhere? No, there, this was purposely put out because the, and, the, and the decision is what it is, because all of these people who got covid vaccines are now infertile. And so they want to prevent people from having abortions. So nobody's asking the real question about why people aren't having more kids. In other words, in her mind, <laughs> she thinks that forcing women to have children will provide a smokescreen for all of the uh, planned infertility. People, yeah. of it, It's well, mind I mean, what's blowing. really mind blowing is that Clarence Thomas's wife is basically the same mentality as your friend. And she was, you know, texting all these Trump and all these, you know, McCarthy with all the same kind of crazy Q, Q level conspiracy. And this this was coming from one of Supreme Court justices wives. You know, that's the, it's these crazy. It's these mind Jenny. viruses. Call Jenny. her by her name. Jenny. Jenny. She has a name. Jenny. Jenny. <laughs> all right. I want to play a joke this is this is the last clip it's not technically from an abortion cast but it's a joke you told about well is it a joke here it is in an effort to pull in viewers for july sweeps elizabeth hasselback had an abortion on the view today it was so fucking real it gives me the chills just to think about it star jones ate the afterbirth and when she was done she claimed it was salty a bit well done and a little dry. (laughs) (laughs) So closing thoughts on abortion and where, where we're headed. I think it's going to be an interesting summer. I think, I think shit will officially. Oh, Mm. by the way, this, this actually is a a good way. I think to Mm. synergize Okay. Some of these good because I got nothing. Seemingly, seemingly disparate ideas that we have. So, what happens? Uh, I was watching a video yesterday on YouTube. I know we just were making fun of basically people who are getting all their information misinformation from YouTube. But there's a pattern in history of things becoming more global with trade, and then economic downturns because the more yeah. codependent nations are on each other. Like if something, if China crashes the united states will crash we're just too enmeshed Mm -hmm. in one another right now um and so when and if something horrible in the u.s happens then all these third world countries where we've outsourced to will also crash Mm -hmm. so it's like such a delicate ecosystem and when that when that happens you see a lot more division 
You see people protesting. You yeah. see over coups and, you know, all of this other stuff. You saw stuff. my coups? When did you see my coups? Oh, and I'm sorry about your chicken, too. <laughs> that was ho- all wrong. I had no, I don't know why. It's so stupid because I had sh- that chicken masala that I had left over. I had it for lunch the day that Red died. I, I, when the last chicken died, Regina George, I was actually in L.A. on Venice Beach eating Peruvian chicken. Like, I don't understand why I am I allowed to get upset over a chicken's death when I'm eating a chicken the same day? It makes Look, no sense. I have a, I have a few oh, responses oh, wait, to this. Wait, 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 before. You make no sense. Thank you. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my first response to this is... I think because you did donate money that you should go and get your product and barbecue that chicken. (laughs) But it had cancer. I don't want fried cancer. The second thing I will say is, yeah, what you're saying is a little weird, but I also want you to consider how messed up our relationship with chickens are. So when we make fried chicken, what we do is we take what the Republicans would consider to be an aborted fetus even though it's an unfertilized oh, egg. Okay. But remember, uh, under the GOP framework for things, the egg doesn't even have to be fertilized for it to be considered abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We crack it. Crack it. We then take the... Ch- crack it! The, we then take the chicken, Yeah. the chicken that we've slaughtered, we dip it in, in its baby, baby. <laughs> yeah. and then we deep fry it and eat yeah. it. That would be... Delicious. Like delicious it would be like taking it would be like taking your baby ripping it out of you okay cooking it putting it in the vitamix right getting it all juiced up Uh then slaughtering you freddy krueger style and dipping your musculature in your vitamix baby and then deep frying you and eating you is it hairy is that pussy hairy? I don't know. I mean, like, the thing is, it, it is delicious. But that's like you're just describing the whole foundation of kosher. The The idea, the reason kosher, you can't have, you can't mix milk, milk with meat is you can't have meat with its mother's milk. I mean, that's the basic idea. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you can't have dairy with meat because in the old days you had farms that were tiny and there was a very good chance that if you ate a burger with cheese, that that cheese could have come from its mother's udders. I mean, that's, I'm not even making that up. That's really where it comes from. So have fun really paying for all this. Oh, God damn it. Have fun paying for all this. Have fun paying for all this. Have fun paying for all this. And we're not even going to get into this clip because it will lead only to controversy. Our pieces don't matter, but her fuss, her fucking pussy matters. Our pieces don't matter. How anybody could think that's anything other than corned beef is beyond me, but please. I don't, I do not hear corned beef. Oh, let me, sorry, before we go, one Mm. more philosophical question I have Mm -hmm. for you because you know I love. Just tell me which clip I need to get lined up for the answer and I'll be fine. Go ahead. Um, Hold on, let me think. Oh, just, I think I think any of the my my pussy matters stuff would work here. Okay. Or, or doesn't she say, "Oh, you're crazy" or something make no like that? Sense. You make no. Okay, that could work too. Okay. okay, so I love my Facebook Live, Instagram freak shows. I just love them. So there's one woman who actually lives in Chicago, so you should check her out. Mm. Um, I found her on the Public Freakout f- f- 
subreddit, but there's a whole subreddit dedicated mm-hmm. to her. There's a show called Love After Lockup, and the whole it's kind of like 90 Day Fiance, mm-hmm. except it's men coming out of prison who have been in relationships with yeah. women outside of prison, and okay. then it chronicles their lives after that. Uh-huh. And if, you know, you can only imagine how great their love life is after that. So there's this one woman named Heather, Heather G. Heather? You have Heather, Heather Feather. <laughs> and uh, and she's a total Karen. Yeah. And and uh, she 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 is a home squatter. She, she she's very interesting. She's very, 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 very interesting. I'll send you some links so, so you, you want can me check to, you out think some I'm of her watch videos. Her? I'm not going to. Just send me the clips. I just okay, want well, more I'll, pussy I'll matters. Send, but I, I, I want your audience to hear this. So the philosophical okay. question is: yeah, This yeah. woman, um, she gets high on duster. She uh, takes a lot of Adderall from what from what, what I've is read. Duster, in the forms. duster, duster like that? computer duster. You can get high remember from that. The, remember, oh, remember on intervention, the woman Allison who's like, <laughs> it's like I'm walking on sunshine. No, I don't know this at all. Thank what? You. Yeah, I don't yeah, know Intervention. I've never seen that show. So it's like an inhalant. Okay. And and so... I'm going to get some. The, uh, these drugs mm. have exacerbated her underlying... Uh, like I, so she claims that she, she I, I think she's a paranoid schizophrenic. I mean, I'm not an expert, mm-hmm. uh, but I, that, that would be my read of things because... She'll wake up and she claims that people have broken into her apartment and moved things around. She puts tape over the vents. Yeah, it sounds like her. a meth head. That's what meth heads do. Okay. And yeah. and part of it may be meth-induced yeah. stuff. But um, so my question to you is, because in the forums, of course, people just roast her and talk about, you know, all this. Mm. But a part of me, because I suffer from mental illness is i mean not to that caliber but um that i'm not as pedigreed as her but mm. uh part of me goes oh but y- y'all this is not just like a karen being a bitch and having a mel- meltdown right, or a bad moment this is mental. somebody who's seriously yeah. suffering from mental illness so my question to you is is it is it wrong? And my opinion is, I never want to say anything in a like or write anything in a public forum that that person could then go read and would hurt that person's feelings, yeah. right? Yeah. E- even with I the guess. nay stuff, like I, I, I just don't like that stuff. I don't okay. want to bring any type of like misery to anybody's life, but I do like watching it. Is that bad? Is it bad? Uh. Because I'm turning, in other words, I'm turning somebody's mental health-related misery into a form of entertainment. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, I. It, yeah, you know what? You're right. They use. But who fact, am I used, to say that? You know what I mean. They who used to do that in mental asylums. Uh-huh. You could pay a penny to go visit a mental asylum mm-hmm. and tour the mental asylum, and it was a form of entertainment back in the d and and yeah i guess that's kind of what oh now i feel like a shitty person no but that's the whole internet though that's everything on tlc that's what do you think what other reason is there to watch my 600 pound life right you know or 
it's it's the higher you're not alone in this are pe- I mean, people are like in other words people aren't watching simply sarah for her great recipes they're watching because oh my gosh they're watching for the freak show you know she posted she posted this sad sad thing asking for prayers because her husband is in icu the very next post with kidney failure basically kidneys and dialysis kidney failure the very next post was a keto recipe for some goddamn keto disgusting (laughs) cheesecake that looked like fetuses i does she not know that keto diet is known for kidney problems that it can cause kidney failure. And my mother had, she had to stop the, she was went on keto because she read about it and her kidney levels went crazy. She had to stop it immediately. She was, I don't think that was, she's a, a critical thinker. Uh, oh. And you can't, you can't reason with anybody in situations like that. You mm-hmm. can't, tr- it's like willful ignorance. It's the same thing that you were talking about with people who believe in conspiracy theories and that ivermectin is going to cure them of their, uh, abortion-related COVID. I don't know. Nobody's perfect. We're humans. We're allowed to be deeply flawed. We are allowed, and, we, and that should not make anybody feel superior just because, you know, everybody has fucking flaws. <laughs> that You know what? Maybe that's what, that's my problem with it. Yeah. I think the people commenting, there's such an air of superiority where yeah. I think, I think that there is a line between watching and like, okay, what what wacky thing is Heather going to say next? Yeah. Um, that's so off the wall, and commenting at, with with that air of superiority, like what you're basically saying is that, oh, look at how much better I am than her because I don't suffer from mental illness, yeah, or my mental illness isn't as bad as hers. It almost reminds me of like in Jenny Jones when the little kids come out, they're like. That's you, yeah, I had sex with tons of guys. But then you look at like children who are uh, survivors of child molestation and they act out in sexually provocative ways at really young ages. And we like train people to point the finger and boo at them on TV. And... I had a dream that um, I was at Vladimir Okay, Martin Putin's Luther King. <laughs> I was at Vla- Vladimir Putin's castle or whatever the fuck it is. And I had a girlfriend, like an actual girlfriend, not like a gender fluid imaginary girlfriend but i had an actual girlfriend who made the cake for for vladimir putin and i was there and i don't really understand what the point of that was yeah neither do i you know they think he has cancer yeah i I've cancer but you know you can't hope for shit because rich people don't ever die do they People I mean, I don't, I don't hope that he has cancer, but he does definitely look very different. And mm. I guess the big evidence that people are using is that there's a thyroid cancer expert that's been at his side for the past um, several months. That whole situation is awful. And the propaganda surrounding that is awful and a whole other story. Oh, have you seen the little kids that are like the Hitler, Hitler no. youth? Oh, yeah. There's videos of like mm. um, uh, elementary school teachers taking their kids on... Um, like mock parades around the schoolyard who are dressed up with Z on their military Russian military fatigues. And it's very reminiscent of Hitler youth. And the thing is, is yeah. you get rid of Putin and there's just going to be a new Putin put back Putin, in. Putin in. I, I would just recommend one podcast for the coverage that I, for me has been the best in terms of from what I can process mentally, you know, not too heavy, but still very good. Cause I like, real reporting i'm i don't like people just talking about shit and it's talking called heads ukraine cast on bbc 
so good. They oh, go, interesting. I they, really liked it when you had Bicycle Mark on oh, your knows. show. Yeah, to, he's great for that, too. Yeah, that taught me a lot about what was going on, so I appreciated that. Anyway, well, it's been great having you back on. I yeah, to, well, thank obviously you. I have a lot more to talk about. And what I'm going to do is, after I close, I'm going to play uh, one of the abortion casts, which I really enjoyed, from Fox in the City, number 45. And we're going to have a whole, I think it's like 20 minutes, so instead of me playing my old-time radio shows, which I just got an amazing um, Betty Davis vinyl, but I'm not going to play that. Instead, we're going to hear a full-length abortion cast, which you can't really hear anywhere, right? You don't have these online. They're not available. No. Right? Uh-uh. So, yeah. So, you know, if you want to hear more, then you're just not going to ever, right? Never. Never, ever. Yeah, you know, when Debbie deleted hey, her drums, she... They were just gone, so at least you have yours somewhere. Yeah. I think other people have Debbie's probably. I have a few. I have her number. Eight six seven five three oh nine. All right. I'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Bye, honey. Squish sound, squish bye, sound. Honey. Hello, my name is Gloria Hanger. Oh. And I'm Sylvia Hanger. And we're the Abortion Kissed. First, we want to be sure to thank our friend, Reagan Fox, mm-hmm. for allowing mm-hmm. us to come onto the show. Yes, thank you, Reagan. Oh. <coughs> <Ooh. coughs> Gloria, are you okay? <coughs> oh, shut up, you whore. You don't care about me. <sighs> no, I'm fine. Oh, this is my sister. We're the Hanger Sisters. Um, and we set abortion cast up because we love to have abortions. Oh, uh, we do. We do. And we hate the mommy cast. Yeah, we hate them. But we love each other because we're the Hanger Sisters. So, Gloria, what do you mm-hmm. want to start off talking about today? Because we have a full episode. Reagan's been nice enough to promote Very our work nice. and give us a full episode. Very what do you nice. want to talk about? Um, do you want to talk about food? I love to talk about food. For those of you who don't know, I'm the biggest sister. Oh, I'm she uh, <laughs> Gloria Hanger. Uh, Sylvia's a wire. I'm a wire. <laughs> A wire. Uh, I'm a wire. <laughs> uh, so, Sylvia, if you want to talk about food, uh, you tell me what is your favorite dessert and why. Oh, I would say a um, like a a, a sunday, but mm-hmm. not one with chocolate. One with a strawberry puree. Why? And I had to answer why yes, too. Why? Right? Why? Why? Okay. Um, I would say because it looks like a partial birthy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're funny. Oh, thank you. For those of you who don't know, a partial birthy is an abbreviation for a, a, a what? Um, a what? I'm sorry. A, <laughs> Silly. An abbreviation for a part. Th- part. Th- a I part can't th- speak today. Oh. I can't speak today. So because- sorry, Reagan. <sighs> don't tell anybody. I took a bunch of morning after pills last night because I had a headache from drinking. I knew you did. And I got it confused with my Tylenol. I'm I stupid. knew you did that. <laughs> stupid. Anyways, uh, you explain it. You take it forever. You explain it then. Uh, okay. It's a partial birth abortion, meaning that you let the little uh, parasite... <laughs> 
grow in in you until you can just about hear it scream Stop when it. you get rid of it. Stop it. It's funny. I love that sound. It's like music to my ears. Oh, speaking of music, that Britney Spears, I mean, she's oh. so pregnant with those twins. She's about to pop. It's so big and that they're perfect for the partial mm-hmm. birthies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like a... Um, uh, What's that fruit? The, the the world's perfect fruit. A banana. Yes, yes, a banana. It's good. You have to wait for the banana to be ripe, and it's the same way with a, a partial birthday, you know. Yeah, and, and like a banana, if it it, it gets too ripe and it, uh, you know, you you and you end up having having it, you can just stick it in the refrigerator, you know, because that I you you could could uh, consider that a form. Of uh, uh, saving your abortion, you know, kind of like a war medal. Yeah. Hey, um, <coughs> Gloria, remember how we were saying that um, I was wiry? Yeah. Well, I was thinking it would be funny if we called me the wire hanger sister. No wire hanger! Gosh, that reminds me of when we were teenagers, Sylvia. Remember when Ma would uh, catch us, you know, having and giving abortions to the local teenage girls, and she would freak out and come into our room and say that? The no more hangers. Oh, good times. <laughs> yeah. Memories. Oh, those were great times, Gloria. Yeah. I remember <laughs> she would come into our room and get so angry with us and then pick up the hangers that we had just used and then like beat us with it and I was always like oh my gosh don't stop there uh, silly woman oh yeah you know there's so much you more you can do ma you know and if you if you if you if you if you, if you uh, didn't like us so much why didn't you just abort us exactly 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 Exactly. 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 But never egg exactly because you know what we'll do to an egg once sperm has hit it. Oh, you know what? I think, Gloria, that you're the clever one. Hey, let me ask you a question. Um, well, what? I forgot. Okay, I'll ask you a question. Okay. How, uh, with, uh, because we try to be up on current topics, current events here. Well, you do. On the abortion (laughs) cast. How do you feel about Bush? Bush? Like, um, like baby caves? Uh, no, the, 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 the president. Oh. Uh, Bush, because, and the reason why I ask this is because there are, Oh, <coughs> are you okay? I'm fine. There are uh, these Supreme Court justices, and the Supreme Court justices who would normally support the Roe v. W., which you know, R. V. W. You know, some people wear a, 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 a bracelet that says W. W. J. D. We we wear ones, uh, Sylvie and I, that say uh, R. V. W. Yeah. <laughs> Roe v. Wade. <laughs> Roe v. Wade. We love Roe v. Wade. That was like, you know how everybody um, uh, w- was all excited when the Star Wars movie came out and they have all the Star, we- Star Wars memorabilia <sighs> and, and posters? Well, we have Roe v. Wade memorabilia we do. stuck all over our walls. We do. Here in the studio. Yep, right here in front of us. One thing that I think <gasps> that uh, the Bush is right about is that... Uh, uh, 
what <laughs> us women who who like to have abortions were very uh uh pathological about it so we go in and um i i personally don't agree with other birth control devices so i use abortion as a method of birth control and sometimes that makes people feel strange strange yeah. Yeah. Strange, awkward. But to me, you know, it, it it's like when I don't complain when a woman is out in public and her baby starts crying. Oh, amen. And then needs to uh, <laughs> have the the breastfeeding done. Amen. I don't complain about that, so I don't understand why women uh, need to judge me exactly when I want to have an abortion in public. And, and see, that's all we're talking about because you know, evidently the Adam Curry guy Cutie. um has Cutie. Uh, really started off. Um, you know, he has this whole pod show thing, and we're good friends with Madge Weinstein. Lover, sometimes lover. Um, she will she will perform the abortion for us, like if we're tired or if we've been mm -hmm. knitting all day or mm -hmm. you know whatever, mm -hmm. or you know if we've been helping other women out because that's our activism for women who can't control their their desire to um, abort. Sometimes we help them out. It's, you know, everybody has their pet cause, and that's ours. But anyways, um, oh, what was I saying? You were talking about the Adam Curry. Well, basically what Sylvia was trying to say is that, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Adam it. Curry has... Uh, picked up a show called mommy cast and we're not judging the mommy cast i am but uh I, they I it's am. a show of of by mothers and um what what do they say i maybe about mothers for mothers something like that but anyways you know um madge called us yesterday and told us that they are going to have sponsors for the show oh like gross. they're gonna play um Commercials, oh. commercials. Yes, commercials, commercials. Who, who do you, uh, Sylvia? Who do you think we could get to sponsor our program if we went to them with a business plan? Hmm. You know, if maybe we could become a division of the Fox in the City podcast. That's who a do you good think idea. We could go to. Um, well, I maybe we could go to. Um, who does the Anna Nicole Smith? She does the Trim Spa. Maybe we could use Trim Spa and get them to be a sponsor. Uh, uh, I'm not following. I, I, wh why would Trim Spa be a good for abortion cast? Because you know, it we could um market a whole new angle for them because it's primarily women who aren't pregnant who are using um the Trim Spa. Like Anna Nicole's not pregnant anymore, so maybe we could uh, show that you know there are uses for Trim Spa other than you know it's not just about getting thin; it's also about aborting the child and getting thin at the same oh, time. Oh, that makes sense. See why uh, that that. Uh -oh. <coughs> are you okay? What do? Oh, what is that? Ew! I just coughed up a leg or a foot or something. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, ew. Don't judge. Ew. Don't judge. Ew. Don't judge me. Don't judge me, I'm sorry. Sylvia Hanger. I'm sorry. You make it very difficult sometimes, Gloria. Oh. You know, another abortion issue that I wanted to discuss in today's abortion cast hmm. is parental notification because, you know, here's my opinion of it. I, I mean, even times when dad used to get me pregnant, I wouldn't even notify him to let him know that I was going to get rid of the baby. Why don't please don't bring the family into Ugh, into the podcast please. because they've asked us uh, 
specifically uh, on several occasions they they've told us not to to to, to keep their private well, life private well, and i want to respect that well then you you don't have to talk about it and that's your choice just because we're sisters we're not attached at the hip. You no, know? actually, uh, we cut things that are attached at the hip out of our body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go again. <clears throat> so what were you saying about um, the Supreme Court justices? Oh, <clears throat> well, they're, uh, they're, they're all, they're all, uh, they're all stepping down. They're, uh, they don't want to do the job anymore hmm? because they're all in, you know, very old. So... You have the uh, uh, Vagina Ginsburg and uh, the Sandy O'Connelly and uh, the, 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 the man, I, William I don't know. Rhinestone, <laughs> I think it is. And, you know, there's a bunch of them. And they, I think the Supreme Court is made up of 24 or, or, or no, 50, 50, 50 people, one from each state. Yeah, more than 24. And um, they're the ones who determine whether or not we get abortions uh, or how easy it is for us to get abortions. And what these people don't realize is that uh, we'll, 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 we'll go uh, to the street. Exactly, exactly. We'll go to the street. Many people in the have told me that I am the Martin Luther King of abortion, and Sylvia is the Malcolm X of abortion. I love that. I love it when they call me the Malcolm X. Of I know abortion you do. It makes me feel. Sometimes I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I. It, it's nice to. It's nice to know that there are people out there who appreciate what I do. Yes. You, you, yes. Because sometimes I think you know people look at abortion as this very uh, self-centered thing, and it's just all about you know women. Right. Um, trying to do things right. for themselves to get themselves ahead, but really, it's a communal thing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. You have to. Uh, I abort for my community. Exactly. You know, uh, last year mm. Sylvia and mm. I were trying to pitch a cartoon idea for NBC because oh. remember when the Saturday morning cartoons used to be a big thing on the network television? Well, mm. we came up with this whole storyline where it's this girl named Ginger, and Ginger. It, it, that's what the cartoon is about on Saturday mornings, and Ginger goes around. Around and she has indiscriminate sex with men in bars. Mm-hmm. And it's not that she is, uh, it's not that she wants to have sex with men. Like, she's not an infomaniac. She just loves to have the abortion. Exactly. So we want to, um, exactly. you know, show that it's okay. It's okay. You know, because Bush is trying to make it seem like women who have all these abortions, it's a wrong thing. But as we know, it's, it's an addiction. Because it's, you know... Yeah, I I enjoy it. Can't get enough. Can't get enough. It's fun. It's like a roller coaster for my vagina. I like to put my hands up in the air (laughs) and watch out for that big hump over there. Oh, (laughs) oh, you know what we need to do? We need to read some uh, listener emails. So why why don't you start off? (laughs) Okay. Um, This is from a listener by the name of Georgia. And Georgia writes... Dear Hanger Sisters, I started listening to segments of your podcast on Fox in the City, and I just want to say that the two of you are disgusting. Or what a bitch. Sign Georgia. Oh, what a bitch. Here, here I have a nice one. Okay. This is uh, from a male listener. He, he goes by the name of Tu Hung Jock for you 24-7. 
and mm. to how the jock writes, mm. I just want you to know, I think that what you do for the podcasting community is a complete service. It gives women who are pathological uh partakers and abortions an outlet to realize that they're not the only ones out there keep up the good work and when i say keep it up i also mean the hanger <laughs> it's like a pun because we're the hanger sisters yeah the hanger sisters <laughs> thank you that guy i like that guy's screen name it sounds very um sexy i like it and too. i would like oh, for him yeah. to come and fill me up with his babies and then um i'd kill them <laughs> oh okay uh do you want to take the next email Okay, um, this is from a listener by the name of Natasha, and Natasha writes, Gloria, um, how many abortions did you have last year? Oh. So, do you want to take that? Okay, um, uh, let's see, 12 months out of the year, but I have this really strange thing where, you know how your, uh, fallopian tube is only supposed to give, you know, each one gives an egg and it, 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 it rotates, but I can actually produce two eggs a month at different times. She can. So, yeah. I would say yeah. 20? 21. 20. 21. Okay, maybe 21. Okay, so uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, I'm Gloria Hanger. And I'm Sylvia Hanger. And we're the Hanger Sisters Abortion Cast. No, we are not affiliated in any way, shape, or form with Mommy Cast. I mean, that's pussy, Mrs. Garrett.